Thanks for watching this episode of Turning to Him. I invite you to just take a few seconds right now at the beginning and subscribe to this channel so that you can get more videos like this in your feed. Thanks again. Thanks everybody for joining us on another episode of Turning to Him. I am here with Anne, who has graciously accepted our my invitation and uh, is willing to share an experience. Anne, how are you doing? Great, thank you, and I appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you again. Um, we were talking a little bit beforehand before we started, and you said that you just have a short experience that you'd like to share, and, and sometimes they are short experiences. Right. So. Do Give us a little background. Give us a little background before. Okay. As far as myself, um, I I have had a really, really rough background, um, which uh, includes abuse on all levels. And uh, I'm also a convert. And I also knew that something besides all that was wrong with me, but I didn't know what it was. So I learned a lot about how gentle the Lord is in healing. Just, I've had, I would say 35 to 50 different healings in my life, emotional, physical. So I am full, I'm a book full of healing stories, but all of it led to finding out what was wrong with me. So I'll, I'll explain that. But one of the things in our temples that we go to, there's an ordinance, and I'm not going to say something I shouldn't, but there's an ordinance where we're reminded that in the resurrection, we will be perfect as far as any ailments we have will be healed. And so so this is an ordinance. It's my favorite ordinance. And um, I, I... performed this ordinance many, many times. And it was always being reminded that no matter what was wrong with me in the resurrection would be healed as far as physically. And to the point where in this ordinance, they mentioned specifics. And I had developed this red bump on my eye. It could be seen uh, by others. I felt like it looked like I was drunk all the time or something because this red spot and it felt like a grain of sand on my eye it was like right off of my iris so on your eyeball right right off of the eyeball and it has a name and I looked it up but because I'm not a technical person and I don't want someone analyzing this technically I'm just going to leave it so I went to my um, optometrist and he said wow that's that happens and it happens a lot to people who have had a lot of sun exposure, which I grew up in a very sunny state. So that doesn't bother me. He goes, there's nothing I can do for it other than to help the discomfort with eye drops. And he said, it can get to the point of um, causing eye damage, blindness, and some people even lose their eye. So, you know, that's not fun to hear right. when you go to the eye doctor. So, so I put these eye drops in and uh, just, you know, I thought, okay, this is going to be the rest of my life. So one day I was going through one of our temple ordinances that I had mentioned 
that mentioned specific healings. And when I went through this one random time, the spirit said to me, would you like me to heal your eye? And I was like, of course, <laughs> yes, you know, this is all done internally. So I left the temple that day and I, a few days later, I went to put the eye drops in and it was gone. And I went to my eye doctor and told him the story. He also being a member of my faith was happy to hear the story. And he said, those never heal. They don't heal. So, so that's one of my many, many healing stories. But I will say, so, so I said, I have like probably 35 to 50 healing stories, which I do. Um, but what turned out to be wrong with me was I was bipolar. And so, so there were just many, many things that the Lord showed me he was capable of healing. And eventually they were basically all taken care of, but I knew there was still this something that was wrong with me. And so I have a really good prayer life. And the Lord just told me, he said, you're bipolar. And so I, I said, oh, great, heal that then because I'd had all these experiences where I knew he could heal it. And he said, no, this is, this is to keep you close to me. And so I got the correct medicines for it so that I will, um, so that I can handle my life and people don't know that I'm bipolar. I'm, I'm pretty regulated, but it was just, it was just lovely because he couldn't have said no in the beginning. I would have thought he was in, it was mean, being mean to me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but but um, all the different healings I had benefited to where, you know, this is the one thing I have to deal with and it's not, it's not that bad. And then just, I had said in the beginning that I was abused a lot. And once I came to understand that this came through my family, um, and that this is probably what other people in my family were dealing with. I was, I was instantly, instantly able to forgive because I realized, oh, they, they too don't know what was wrong with them or didn't know what was wrong with them and didn't have this relationship that I did, or I don't know, I don't know why I was blessed with all these healings, but um, it's just, it's just sweet uh, how it unfolded. Very, very sweet. That's an amazing perspective, Anne. Why do you think you chose not to be angry? I mean, you know, you, you could have said, hey, look, you've healed this and this and this and this and this. I have a monster thing in my life. How come you healed all these little things and you left the big one? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I read a story about a woman who had breast cancer and was bipolar. And she said she would take the breast cancer over being bipolar any day because mm -hmm. that's what messes with your mind. Um, because he had shown me his power and authority in my life up to that point, and it was always loving and it always made me better and it always took me forward. And I'd had so many healings that I knew if he said, I'm I'm not going to take this away from you because 
this is what's going to keep you close to me. I didn't want to trade being bipolar for not, or not being bipolar for not having a relationship with the Lord. So it, it didn't even cross my mind to be angry that it, it didn't, it didn't even, but I mean, we're talking years of healings that, Mm -hmm. that got me to that point. Wow. Was there, was there ever a point in which you doubted God's goodness and, and that he had a plan for you? Well, early, early on, I didn't know why, you know, I went through the abuse. I didn't know why I had suffered some of the things I'd suffered. And then I had this overall umbrella of being bipolar that I didn't even know to deal with. So early on, there was frustrations. There was a failed marriage because I wanted to have children and my ex-husband didn't. I mean, early on, I, there were a lot of things, but I, I did turn I did turn to the Lord and just a symptom of being bipolar is feeling uptight and feeling a rage anyway. So, so yeah, I had the, I had those issues, (laughs) but you know, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really happy with how it turned out and I'm happy I stuck with it and I'm, I'm happy with how the Lord handled it. You know, I'm happy that he's like, well, let's heal this and let's heal this and let's heal this and just showed me how powerful he was. But it was always loving, always loving. What do you say to somebody who is in the low right now, who is saying, hey, look, I have all of these, I have a shopping list of things that I'm upset about. What's my next step? How do I even move forward with this? Okay, well, I would encourage them to be honest with their doctor get have you know have a proper medical analysis have a get a good therapist but in my case as being a member of the church I had priesthood blessings um I you know I had resources that that helped me so when you when you have my doctor was amazed that I self-diagnosed it bipolar he said people don't do that he's like how did you how did you come to that conclusion that you were? And, you know, I'm just like, God told me, I know that makes me sound as bipolar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Typically doctors don't respond well to that answer has been my experience. (laughs) So, um, so um, I, I would say if you're in the lows of low, there is a God who loves you. There is a God who can help you. There is a, it gets better. Um, Don't do anything drastic. Don't do anything permanent. You know, just, I mean, as far as don't, don't contemplate alternatives that are, are permanent ends. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really sorry. I'm I'm really sorry. I'm there for you. And what I came to understand is that Jesus, our savior, um, understands everything that you're feeling, everything that you've gone through. He knows you better than you know yourself. Um, I, I mean, just my story, I said I had a three minute story, but my story is really, really long because I had so many healings. You know, so that's what I would say to someone who's hanging there. Wow. I, I love one thing that you said of how gentle God is with mm. you. And yeah, that, very gentle. 
one time I was in Sunday school and somebody said something and um, the teacher said something and the student's reply was that, you know, she felt like God was wrathful or something like that. And I just said, you'll find out he's a gentle God. And it was interesting. The whole class went very, very quiet because I was, it was like a loving admonition. <laughs> yeah. And I got home, I got home and the spirit said, thank you for telling her that I'm a gentle God. And that was just another um, experience I had where the Lord's like, I, I am gentle. I, I try to do things gently, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that God's perspective is so much longer than ours. And, oh. you know, oftentimes we want the instant healing and occasionally we do get an instant healing. Occasionally, mm-hmm. I can remember, and this is of course a very, very simple story, but I think the metaphor holds true. I remember one time as a little kid, I came in from playing outside in the winter and my hands were just freezing cold, just freezing. And I told my mom, I want a bucket of hot water so that I can put my hands in them. And my mother, of course, being intelligent says, no, you but can't. No. Yeah. I will give you lukewarm water. Yes. And then we will slowly warm the water up. But I'm not going to put your cold hands in hot water right now. Right. And I think sometimes that's exactly when we come and we say, Lord, I need to be healed right now. And he says, I love you. And I I want to heal you right now, but that's not the right way to do it. It would break you or it it would do you damage. Right. I will heal you slowly as, as quickly as you can handle it. But you just have to trust me. And that's true. And it was for what he wanted to teach me. So after each thing, you know, I maybe would ask different questions and want to go a different direction, what he wanted to teach me. And I know we read these miraculous uh, healings in the scriptures, and I believe those to be true. I just know in my case, what I have learned and actually the wisdom I have now, because it went little by little and it wasn't um, overwhelming. I, I was able to absorb what I learned each time. And I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised I have in the position I am at church right now. I'm like, wow, I have, I've got some wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Almost as though it were line upon line. <laughs> yeah. almost. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. And I think that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because we hear about the grand healings and, and like you, I believe those happen a hundred percent. But I don't believe that's the majority. I believe that the majority of the time, it's everyday people having small miracles that slowly turn us to our Savior. Yes. Yes. I have a family member right now that I'm waiting for them to heal emotionally. Mm -hmm. And um, I have to watch that they don't get me riled up. But I just noticed that as long as I have a loving and soft answer... Um, I feel good about that. And I feel like that's going to help a lot more than not having a loving and soft answer. Yeah. Well, and sometimes with family, that's the hardest. Uh-huh. Just to be patient and calm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing this and, and really just um, sharing your optimism with us. I feel like <laughs> you're so welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I, I I feel like you're you're a hundred feet deep and we just barely skimmed the surface. <laughs> well, thank you, and I appreciate. I hope your efforts are are blessed.
Well, thank you. Before we go, would you share your testimony with us? Oh, yes. So I was raised in a household that taught against my present faith. Um, So I was actively told not to join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so I worked for, I, my major was political science in college, and I worked for a United States senator who everyone would know. And um, it was through that office that I learned the good sides of, of members of this church. And they took me to see the Washington DC temple And it was the first time I'd seen a temple, an LDS temple in my entire life. And my heart leapt. And I asked if I could go in and they explained that you have to be a member of the church in good standing. And in my heart, I said, I don't care what it takes. I am going in there someday. And so long story short, I ended up um, getting baptized. I ended up going on a mission and I ended up being married, what we call sealed to my husband in the Washington DC temple. Oh, wow. So, so uh, my, my love for the Lord is deep because of all he's done for me. 